I want to deliver a message to you this morning entitled, Bless the Lord, part three. That's been the title of the message now for this being the third sermon in this from Psalm 103, verses one through five. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. The 103rd Psalm, verses one through five. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. David here says, Father, I'm going to bless you. No matter what's happening in my life, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to thank you for all that you've done for me. I'm never going to forget any of the things that you've done for me, all the blessings that you've done for me, all the benefits that you yet have for me. I'm going to praise you, Lord, for forgiving all my sins. I'm going to praise you for health. I'm going to praise you for healing. That's what David was saying. And now he says, Father, I'm going to praise you and thank you for redeeming me from the pit. The word pit in the Hebrew language is figurative of a word that we would use more often, destruction. It's, it's figurative of that. Pit is a figurative of, the, of destruction or the grave. Sometimes even hell, it's used in that, in that symbolism. Can you imagine for a moment what your life would be like if God hadn't rescued you from destruction? There's <laughs> probably some like me that go, I don't, I don't even want to imagine what my life might have been like if God had not saved me from the destruction, the path of destruction that I was on. I wonder what we would think if we weren't redeemed. How would we act? What would we, what would we do? Who would we be without the redemption of Father God, redeeming us from the pit? I, like I said, I don't even want to imagine what it would be like. I want to share just a few snippets, a paragraph or two, about the things that when I hear that phrase, he redeemed me from the pit, he redeemed me from destruction. He redeemed me from the hell that's, that's there for those who don't accept Christ, but he's also redeemed me from the hell, if I can use that phrase, that we may face in life. So none of this is a sad woe is me story. I call it my God rescued me story. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? So this, this is going to, here we go. My mother tried to abort me uh, with a coat hanger, but God rescued me. I was uh, born suffocating with my umbilical cord strangling me around my neck. Devil's trying to take me out before I was ever even born. But God rescued me. My mom's dad, my grandfather, hated my Hispanic dad so much for getting his little girl pregnant then when I was about Charlotte's or Liam's age, he tried to suffocate me with a pillow and tried to kill me. But God rescued me. Remember, this is my God rescued me story. Um, as a young adult, I uh, nearly overdosed on drugs. 
And I had an out-of-body experience where I actually saw an angel and a demon fighting over who was going to get my soul that day. But God rescued me. Uh, I tried to commit suicide in the mid-80s, and apparently I failed. Hallelujah. (laughs) No, no. God rescued me. Can I get a witness? Uh, The power of death tried to suck me into its black hole. The only thing that kept me from the pit, the only thing that kept me from being snuffed out was the fact that Father God's hand was upon me. God rescued me. See, I can bless the Lord. I can bless his holy name because he rescued me. If you had the opportunity to sit down and just remember just a few moments of your life, you too would probably be able to come have things on a list sort of like this where you could just go, again, it's not a woe is me story. It's a God rescued me from the pit story. I understand what David was saying when he said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, for he rescued me, he redeemed me from the pit. I have been redeemed, and I've been wrapped up in his loving kindness and in his tender mercies or compassion, as it says there. I know that the, uh, the translation says crowned with loving kindness and compassion, What happened? Oh, well. We all know what that is, right? All right. Bow your heads with me. This happened at the board meeting as well. Right in the middle of the board meeting, my, my thing went off, and I went, up. Oh, bow your heads, and let's pray. You know? Let's do it. All right, you ready? We curse COVID-19 to die in Jesus' name. We curse this demonic activity out of China that's trying to decimate the world in Jesus' name. We pray for all of those that have been affected by coronavirus, whether that be those that are sick or those that lost loved ones connected to it. In Jesus' name, and all the church said, amen. Amen. What I was saying there about crowned, I looked that word up, and and interestingly, crown, we often think of crown like he's going to put a crown on, but the actual uh, Hebrew translation of that word is wrapped me. He wrapped me up in loving kindness and compassion. Amen? Now, we all got a story, and my story may sound a little bit dramatic, but I've, I've learned over the years that pain is pain is pain is pain. My story has some pain attached to it. Your story, I'm sure, has some pain attached to it. But I hope that you, like me, can say, I bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. And all that's within me, I'm going to bless the Lord. Because he forgave me of all my sins, and I've had plenty. Huh? He forgave me of my sins. He healed me. Healed all my diseases, and he redeemed me from the pit. Psalm 103, verse 5 says, Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, this is an interesting phrase. I don't know if you've ever done any study on this, that it says that our youth be renewed like the eagles. 
the, the part of the scripture here that grabs my attention is like the eagles. When I see a phrase like that, I have to go, well, then how is the eagle's youth renewed? Why would that be the comparison, that he renews my youth like the eagle's? Now, so then I began to say, well, then how is an eagle's youth renewed? What's the storyline here if he's going to renew my youth like that? What is David saying when he says, like the eagles? And I'm sure there are many of us who are aging, we're getting a little bit older, and we're dealing with physical issues that we never dealt with when we were younger. And we're like, come on, God, make me feel younger. Can I get a witness for everybody over 60? Amen. Renew my youth. But hold on, that's not what the text is saying. It's, the, the text is not saying you're going to get younger. If that were the case, we'd never have to look for the fountain of youth. Right on? According to Jewish folklore, everybody say folklore. Okay, according to Jewish folklore, when an eagle reaches a certain age, it has to make a very difficult decision because its beak has grown so long that it can no longer pierce its prey and its talons have grown so long and he's lost the dexterity because of the length of his talons that he can no longer grip the prey and his feathers have grown so old and so heavy that he no longer is able to fly without it being a laboring type of process. And at that time, the eagle has two options, either die or undergo a painful transformation. How many know transformation can be very painful? Getting through the process. There were a lot of years that the little snippets that I shared with you about my life still created a great deal of pain in my being and in my spirit. But God has renewed me in that process. But it's painful to go through it. So what does the eagle have to do? He, he either has to choose to die or undergo a painful replacement experience. It requires the eagle to go to a high point, whether it's to the top of the tree in the nest where he's at or to the highest mountain that's nearby, for him to spend a number of time up there as he pounds his beak against the stones to break off the end of it. And when the beak grows back, he pulls his talons out. And when his talons grow back, he pulls out all his old feathers until he grows new feathers. And when he grows new feathers with brand new talons and a brand new beak, he takes flight from the top of that mountain. And it's, it's, it's like his youth has been renewed like it was in the beginning. And he flies effortlessly upon the thermal drafts that are catching him. Now, I know that if you do any research, you'll find that in nature, and that's not biologically possible because, you know, number one, he only loses a couple of feathers, really. And if he were to break his beak and break his talons, he'd probably die. Like I said, it's a Jewish folklore that gives us an image of what it's like to have your youth restored. And although this is a great story, and it has a lot, I, there's, there's series of messages that could be preached from that story about the eagle. Uh, Psalm 103.5 isn't talking about the physical man, the outer man. Psalm 103.5 is talking about the inner person. 
the inner being. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, though our bodies are dying, good news, isn't that good news? That from the moment you're born, you begin to die. It's horrible. It's a horrible thought, isn't it? Yeah, dead, dead skin cells are flaking off your skin all day long, off your body. Yeah, powerful. Good news, powerful message, praise the Lord. All of you are thinking, oh my God, there's dead skin cells all over the place in here. Turn on the air filtration system or something. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Is your spirit man or your spirit woman being renewed every day? Or is it growing old and tired and lame just like the body does? What's happening with your spirit, man? There's nothing we can do to stop the process of what happens to this earth suit. We're all going to expire someday. But there is something powerful that can happen to our inner being, our inner man, our inner woman. If you're really going after God, if you're really desperate to grow closer to God. And how many know that in that story, that eagle had to be really desperate to go to the top of the mountain and do that replacement process? If you're really desperate, if you're really pursuing God, if you're really drinking from the living water of the Word of God, then you need to know that your inner man or your inner woman is being renewed. It's being revived. Thank you for your enthusiasm about that. It doesn't matter how, how, uh, how old or how feeble you may become, whether you have white hair or whether you have no hair, or whether you still have your vision or your hearing, or whether you don't, whether you still have your teeth or whether you don't, you can still be young and vibrant in your spirit. Amen. Amen. The body goes through a process of decay. But my spirit man doesn't have to go through a process of decay. My spirit man, your spirit man, your spirit woman should be in the process of renewal every single day. And in that process, there are rewards for those who will pursue God in that kind of fashion. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm young inside. And I've had a few people tell me, you don't look 64. I don't know if they're thinking you look older. but <laughs> And my mind still thinks I'm 34. And then when my mind takes over, my body realizes, you ain't 34 no more. If you're, if you're like me as you get older and you bend down to get something, the knees pop on the way back up. Or I, I bent down to plug something in here one day and there was another uh, sister here and she said, yeah, I grunt every time I get up too. <laughs> but not in the spirit. In the spirit, I'm alive, 
and I'm healthy and I'm renewed. And God has taken that old junk from way back then and he's forgiven me of all the sins I've ever committed and all the sins that ever been committed against me and, and I'm healed and I'm wrapped up in his compassion and his loving kindness and he renews my strength and my life like the eagles. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise in the house. So I wonder this morning, as I bring it to a close, will you chase after God or just chase after church? See, a lot of people, their relationship with God is somehow teeter-tottering on their church experience. And if their church experience goes bad, they equate it to something wrong with their relationship with God. Will you chase after God? And I can promise you this, if you'll go after God and make him the very first thing in your life, he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. And I also believe with all of my heart that the last years of your life can be the best years of your life. Before I turned 60, I had a lot of internal moments where I began to think, what's the future look like? And as I would, uh, uh, when I was pastoring up in West Branch, we lived you know, just a hundred or so yards in the parsonage behind the church, and I'd walk across the field, and I would feel my age a little bit. And I would say, God, is, 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 is my time done? Is it time to turn things over to a younger generation? And I, you know, I, ha I went through some confusion in all of that. And then I realized when I turned... This was probably in my 50s, 55. I think 55 was actually. But when I turned 60, that's what happened. When I turned 60, something happened inside of me. And I realized that I was at the peak of my life. I was now smarter than I'd ever been. I, I, the only person that laughed was my wife and daughter. What, what is wrong with that picture? I was wiser than I'd ever been. I was more loving than I'd ever been. <laughs> Better looking than I'd ever been. I'm going to keep fishing for those. <laughs> I felt like I was in the peak of my life, the prime of my life. And I realized, and God began to speak to my heart, and he, and he began to say to me, I have more for you in this stage of your life than you've ever had in 60 years up to now. I believe with all my heart that if you'll give your heart completely and utterly over to God and chase after him like there's no tomorrow, that he'll make all your tomorrows bright and rosy and amazing and wonderful, regardless of what the earth suit's doing, because it's about what's on the inside. I heard a story about a person who had an elderly aunt, and I think it was 93, 94, or something like that. And every time this person would go and visit this aunt, as she was old and feeble and got around on a walker, could barely see, she had a glow about her. And he shared in his testimony how every time I saw her, I felt 
revived. I felt vibrant because there was something on the inside of her that didn't match what was the outside that was an attractant of growth, was an attractant of youth, was an attractant of vibrancy. She was vibrant on the inside, though the earth suit on the outside was breaking down. I want that in my life. Do you want that in your life, or, you don't want, or do you just want to grow old and crotchety and crippled? No. I want to grow old well. And I want to serve the Lord all the days of my life. And all the days of my life, I will proclaim, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who has forgiven all of my sins, who has healed my body, who has redeemed me from the horrible past and the pit of destruction, has put in my heart good things, and has restored my youth like the eagles. Can I get a witness in the house of God? Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We have a lot to be grateful for. I have a lot to be grateful for. There are others that I know, like me, had a seriously dark, foreboding past who are still living in the pain and misery of the memories of that foreboding past. And you don't have to live there. You can overcome everything you've ever done or everything that's ever been done to you. It doesn't matter what it is. And how does that happen? By being grateful, by being thankful, by having the right attitude about life and about God and about His Word. I have a simple cliche that I say all the time, and many of you may think, oh, there he goes again saying his thing, keep your nose in the book. Keep your knees bent to heaven and keep your body in the house of God. Those three things can bring your spirit so much renewal that you can be like the eagle soaring on the thermal drafts of God's Holy Spirit. What a beautiful, beautiful analogy. I want to read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, one more time. This time, as I close from the Passion Translation, it'll be up on the screen. With my whole heart, and with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the Holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all that I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. 
Can you give the Lord a praise for his word today? Can you believe it? And can you receive it? Amen. This is Thanksgiving week. And we may look at it from the COVID perspective. Don't. You may look at it from the Michigan government perspective. Don't. You may look at it from so many other perspectives than the right perspective. Be thankful for what God has brought you and what God has done in your life. Express to him your gratitude. That's what the psalmist David was doing when he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was expressing to Father God how grateful he was for all that God had done and forget none of his benefits, not a one. I challenge you this week to supercharge your Thanksgiving time. And be thankful. I didn't say be thankful for everything you have. I didn't say be thankful for everything uh, that, uh, that, that even uh, who, who you are. But don't reminisce on all you've lost. Reminisce on all you've gained. And if you can be thankful for none of that, be thankful for God. I wish that I had the, the articulate, a, a way to articulate how grateful I am for what God has done to rescue my life. It was a serious moment in my life when I looked back all the way to finding out what my mother had done at the age of 16 that I went, God's hand was upon my life before I ever breathed my first breath. God had wrapped me, Susan, in his loving kindness and in his tender mercies because he said, I got a plan for Rick Lopez. And it's not a plan of, com of, of confusion and chaos and destruction. It's a plan of peace and hope and the future that he's longed for. I got a plan for Rick. And guess what? You could put your name in there. You, sh you should put your name in there. Amen? God loves you. He wants to make himself known to you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Would you give him your heart today? I feel in my spirit there are some of us here today who have probably been Christians for a considerable time, and that experience has become dull. And it no longer feels as vibrant as it once did. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to just stand to your feet right where you're at. If you have been in that place where your experience with God has grown cold, it's cooled off, you're not fired up like you used to be, and you want to go through the replacement, the transformation process, would you stand? Is there anyone at all? Don't be afraid. It's okay. God bless you, sir. Takes courage. Would anyone else want to take that same courage and stand to their feet and say, I love God with all my heart, but I've lost touch. I've lost touch with Him. I need a reboot. I 
anyone else. I just feel in my spirit I'm supposed to wait. You all know I don't do emotional altar calls. Is there anyone else? God bless you. It's okay. It's nothing to be afraid of. This is the time to come to the master's table. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That he has good stuff planned for you. You may be seated. Oh, God bless you, dear. You may be seated. Go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now for these three that stood to their feet today to say, I've known God all my life, and for whatever reason, it has grown stale and rusty and dusty and old, and I want to be renewed. I want to feel that vigor, that vitality that I felt in the very beginning, and Lord, I pray that, that you will wrap them in your loving kindness and in your tender mercies. You'll wrap them up, God. That no matter what their story may be, that they can look at it no longer as a woe is me story, but they can look at it as a God rescued me story. And may that very thing in and of itself begin to build up inside of them, Lord God, rebirth, renewal, refire, reorder, redo. Lord, I pray that they leave here today with a heart that says, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless his holy name, and I will not forget a single one of his benefits that he has done for me because he has forgiven me of all my sins, and he has healed me of all my diseases, and he has redeemed me from the destruction of the past, and he fills my heart with good things, and he restores my youth like the eagles. Oh, in Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a praise one more time? I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, Diane. Come up here with me just for a minute. I want to wish our church family, all of those that are right here with us in the building, and all those that may be online, just wish them a happy Thanksgiving. Can you happy do that? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I pray that you have a great day, that you enjoy your family and your friends. And, and uh, you know, if you have to lower your expectations because things are different this year, that's okay. What's important is just those that you love being near and those that can't be with you. You gotta love them anyway. Right on. And uh, just have a great day. And you know, be grateful. Be right. grateful. Right. Because you can always look at what you don't have, but you'd be much better off to look at what you do have and be thankful for that. That's right. Amen. Well said. Don't forget your prayer clause. Those of you who came and brought one up, I've been putting my hand on them throughout this entire service. So before you leave, be sure you come up here and get your prayer cloth. Would you stand with me as I dismiss you? Don't forget there, there is no midweek service this week uh, in lieu of Thanksgiving preparation and such. The Lord bless you and keep you and protect you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance go before you and his presence just saturate you. 
and fill you with good things and give you peace like a river. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless each one of you. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next Sunday.